The title of my message today is uh, You Are Not, You Are Not a Slave of Sin. You are a righteous servant of God. You are not a slave of sin. You are a righteous servant of God. And you know, we're at a, uh, we're at a critical spot in the book of Romans, friends. Uh, we've been in this book now for a long time. Uh, those of you who are new uh, here today, uh, we've been going through the book of Romans. We've been going through it verse by verse to try and understand what it is that, that the Apostle Paul is teaching in this great book of our uh, Christian faith. And we're, we're at a critical juncture in the book of Romans. Paul has, has already told us in chapters 1, 2, and really the first part of chapter 3, he's already told us that, hey, we're sinners. And we've got a problem. We, we are sinners separated from God, and, and we, we're headed to death. We've got a problem that needs to be remedied here. That was pretty much most of chapter 1, all of chapter 2, and the first part of chapter 3. Paul also, he, he didn't just tell us where we've come from, he also has told us where we're headed. He says in the latter part of chapter 3 and chapter 4 and the early part of chapter 5, he says, but guess what? Jesus Christ has come and He's died on the cross, and He rose from the grave, and if you believe in Him, you can be justified and be saved eternally and have an eternal heritage in the kingdom of God. So Paul told us where we've come from, sin and death, chapters 1, 2, and 3, to where we're headed, the kingdom of God, because we believe in Christ. The latter part of chapter 3, chapter 4, and the early part of chapter 5. Then he gets to about the midpoint of chapter 5. And here we are in chapter 6. Now Paul is not telling us where we've come from. He's not telling us where we're going. He's asking the question, how now shall we live? How now shall we live? And we learned last week in our initial studies in chapter 6, that, that, that Paul is really asking us the question. He is asking us, why in the world, after having become a co-heir with Jesus Christ, why in the world, after having been a part, a partaker in the triumphant victory over the power of sin and evil and death, why in the world would you ever consider realigning yourself with the already defeated power of Satan. You're a part of the winning team. Christians. You who believe in Jesus Christ, you are a part of the winning team. You know where you're headed. And Paul's asking the question in chapter 6, he says, why in the world would you ever realign yourself with the losing side? In my studies in the latter part of chapter 6, uh, Paul is going to reiterate a lot of what he's already said. And so I kind of, I kind of questioned, you know, how, how can I preach the end of chapter 6 when he's really reiterating so much of what he's already said in the early part of chapter 6? It almost felt like I would be preaching the, the exact same message 
and, uh, and, and because there's so much of the same content and the same material taking place that we've we covered from the last week. And so over the course of, of preparing for this this morning, um, I, I, I thought of getting a little creative and, and mixing things up just just a little bit, because we've heard Paul saying the question, why in the world would you go back to sin and death when you know what you have in Christ? We've heard it. And we've been instructed in it, and I've, I've taught from it, and there's been a preacher, and there's an audience, and we're listening, and we're learning intellectually about it. But I wonder how much of this is penetrating our heart. And so this morning, I want to get a little creative. You who are new, sorry, we're going to do something a little different here. So, uh, but what I want you to do is I want each of you, you don't have to move greatly, but I want each of you to stand up, and all I want you to do, all I want you to do is separate from one another. I want everybody in their own place. Don't sit by someone. Stand, if you want to move to a new pew, move to a new pew. But I want everybody to stand up and I just want you to spread out. I want you to stand up. Everybody stand up and spread out. You cannot sit by your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend or significant other. You need to have some space. Separate. All right. Move away. More space. Come on. You're too close together. I want you all separated. Every single one of you. Come on now. Come on now. This is just you time right now. Now, I mean it. Right now, it's you time. It's you and the Lord. And that's it. And if you're not a believer, that's okay. You can, uh, you can uh, uh, see, see what we're doing here and, and read the Word and try to figure out if, uh, if this the whole thing about Christianity makes sense to you. Um, but right now, for, for today and today only, I want this to just be you and the Lord as we read through parts of chapter 6. I want you to consider your spirit. I want you to consider your life. I want you to consider your experience with sin and your experience with righteousness and figure out where, where am I, Lord? Where am I in my life right now? What are you doing in me today? And I want to start by reading this handout. In this handout, you have an excerpt from N.T. Wright is his name, but Tom Wright. He goes by Tom Wright in this book. And I want to read this excerpt from Tom Wright's book, Paul for Everyone. I think these are powerful words, and I want you to let them soak into your heart as we begin this morning's study. Tom Wright says this. He says, There are two types of humanity. Those in Adam and those in the Messiah. We all began life in Adam. And if we're honest, it often feels as though we are still there. But Paul insists that we are not. The old humanity was crucified with Jesus. So where does that leave us? In a kind of no man's land, halfway between Adam and the Messiah, neither dead nor alive? No. Paul insists that we are now in the Messiah, so that what is true of Jesus is true of us. However unlikely it sounds, and however much it doesn't yet feel true. And what is true of Jesus ever since the glory of Easter day, is that He is alive again with a life-death 
cannot touch. Now, of course, we are not yet bodily raised as one day we shall be. That remains in the future. But part of the point of being a Christian is that the future has come forward into the present in the person and achievement of Jesus so that his followers already taste the reality of that future while living in the present. Paul declares that we must calculate this or that we must reckon this. He says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Open your eyes. Open your eyes to the reality of Jesus and His representative death and resurrection and to the reality of your standing as baptized and believing members of Jesus' people, those who are in the Messiah. That is the challenge of Romans 6.11. We need to remember who we really are so that we can act accordingly. Remember who you really are. Don't give in to the other voices that tell you you are still an Adam after all and should be behaving just like you used to. Resisting temptation is a matter of learning to think straight and to act on what you know to be true. Paul writes, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I believe N.T. Wright's words there uh, absolutely capture the essence of Romans 6. Paul is saying to us, he's saying, remember, Christian, remember who you are. Rise up and become the new person Jesus has already made in you. Stop putting off the person you will be forever in the kingdom of God. Start living the Spirit-filled life now. Seek holiness. Seek righteousness. Thirst for it. You've died to sin. You've already won. You're already on the winning team. Now act like it, Paul says. Make your life count. And so we hear what Paul's saying, right? We hear the words. And to some extent, we understand them intellectually. We understand what he's saying. But do we believe it? Is our heart convinced of the truth of Romans 6. I think the truth is not all of us believe we are dead to sin. I think the truth is that many of us look at our lives and think to ourselves, I'm actually more alive to sin than I am to God. And as, as Tom Wright put it, hey, we all began life in Adam and if we're honest, it often feels as though we're still there. But Paul insists that we are not there. He goes out of his way to declare to you, you are no longer in Adam. 
Sin no longer has power over you. You are a new creature in Jesus Christ. And what is true of Jesus Christ is true of you. However unlikely it sounds and however much it doesn't yet feel true. Are you unsure that the power of God can make you holy and righteous? Do you doubt Paul's words that, the, that sin no longer has power over you? Are you more alive to sin than you are to God? Are you more alive to sin than you are to God? Brothers and sisters, Paul says this should not be. That should not be. This morning I want us to experience the rest of Romans 6 in a state of reflection, in prayer. We're going to read excerpts of it. We're going to stand we're going to read excerpts of it together. And then I'm going to give you time to pray and to reflect on what you've just read after I shared a little comment or two about it. And I want the rest, these next 30 to 40 minutes to be reading, understanding, but most importantly, reflection in our heart and prayer. And asking God and seeking, God, what would you have me do in response to this? Uh, reflection's not easy for most of us. You know, reflection and prayer, we, we, we're, not, we're, we're already uncomfortable. We're sitting apart from each other. We're sitting in a new spot. And, uh, you know, and, and for many of us, uh, all the young couples out here, you know, as parents, you know, all we do all day is chase around our kids. And, and we don't often stop and think, wait a minute, who am I right now? How am I doing right now? What is my walk like with the Lord? So reflection isn't easy. And I know it doesn't come maybe regularly for most of us. But uh, for me, I, anytime I think of prayer and reflection, I'm reminded of the artwork that I saw in my grandparents' home many years ago. I wanted to show it to you. Has it been up there all this time? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there it is. Um, how many of you have seen this artwork before? It's beautiful, isn't it? I really don't know um, who painted it. I don't know the name. And quite frankly, I really don't care to because, uh, because for me, this, this painting, just it, it's very personal for me. And I, don't, I kind of don't want to know about it because what I see when I've seen this painting over the years is... And this hung, this hung over the dining room of my grandparents' home. And uh, every time I looked at it, I thought, man, this is a man who is communing with God. Here's a man who, among all the distractions of life, he's having a moment. He's having a moment every day where it's just him and the Lord. And I want you to have a few of those moments for this morning however sterile this environment might be. I want you to commune with the Lord for a few moments this morning. On the other side of your outline, you have the Scriptures that we'll be reading today. I've actually rearranged some of the verses. But what I'd like you to do as I read this is I'd like you to respond by reading with me the words in bold. And for now, we are just going to read that first section. Would you all please stand with me? As we read Romans 6, verses 20 and 21 together. I'll read the, uh, the, the regular type and we can together read the bold. 
Romans 6, verse 20 and 21, Paul writes, For when we were slaves of sin, we were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did we have then in the things of which we are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. You may be seated. The word free there. Notice the word free in verse 20. That's not a good word, friends. Paul doesn't mean that in a good sense. He means that in a very, very negative sense. He says you were slaves of sin. You were utterly lacking in righteousness. You were free from it. You couldn't even touch it when you were a slave of sin. That is to say, before you and I came to Christ, we were slaves of sin and death and evil. And we couldn't even touch righteousness. We were free in regard to it. We had nothing to show for in our lives. I think of the prodigal son. I think of him you know, taking his father's inheritance and he goes off to the far country and he squandered it and he wasted it. And when he came home, he had nothing in him. He had nothing with him. He had no claim. No claim at all to the father's love. And yet he walked home with nothing. Paul asks us in Romans 6.20, he says, what do you have to show for your life of sin? What do you have to show for the moments of unrighteousness in your life? both the ones that came prior to Christ, before you were a believer, but also what do you have to show for the things of which you regress and go back to the time of Adam? Is it not true that those things, they end in death? I want you to spend a few moments in prayer and reflection right now. I want you to do three things, just privately, just between you and the Lord. And I'm going to ask Kevin to come. He's going to play just a little strumming on the guitar as we do this. I want to ask you three things to consider. Number one, would you confess your sins before the Lord right now? I want you to take a moment, whether you need to write them down right now, the things that you're dealing with right now. This is just for you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and declare them. I want you to confess your sins. Secondly, I want you to admit the shamefulness and the emptiness of your wicked ways. And thirdly, I want you to recognize that the just penalty for your sins is death. That's all I want you to do right now. I want you to focus on your sin and how it is leading you to death and emptiness. Would you take a few moments of prayer and reflection and I will lead us when we are through with this time. Take a few moments with the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we confess that we are an imperfect people. Lord, we confess that our sins are, are, are plentiful. They are abundant. And even though we're new creatures in Jesus, God, we, we, we confess that so often we just fall back into Adam's sin. 
we regress and we go back to the losing side. And Lord, we know it never satisfies. We know it is totally empty. We know at the end of that, the, the, the temporary pleasure of sin, we know that there's just a huge void every time. And God, we also know that because of our sin, we, we, we deserve death. Lord, this morning we all recognize the gravity of our sin. We confess it before you. We declare that every time we do, every time we sin, we feel empty. We feel totally and utterly unsatisfied. And we long for the satisfaction that comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we read Romans 6, verses 17 and 18? Again, you can read in the bold and I'll read the rest. Paul writes this. There's hope, friends. But God be thanked that though we were slaves of sin, yet we obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which we were delivered. And having been set free from sin, we became slaves of righteousness. Read that again. And having been set free from sin, we became slaves of righteousness. You may be seated. Now, if you haven't noticed already, I've switched the pronouns this morning in these verses. In most of the cases, Paul's writing with the word you here. I've changed it to we and to us and to our so that we could personalize and appropriate this, friends. Thank God that the sins that you've confessed, thank God that the, 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 the due penalty for all of those sins, the ones you've committed and the ones you're committing right now, every single one of those has been nailed to the cross. And you have a new king. You have a new master. You're a servant of a new master. The Lord Jesus Christ. We were dead in sins and trespasses, but God has made us alive. Alive in Christ Jesus. We were slaves of sin, but we obeyed the Word of the Lord. And we put our faith and trust in the Messiah Jesus Christ. And Paul, he says to us, we were delivered. What kind of deliverance? We were set free from sin. What kind of deliverance we became slaves of righteousness, servants of a new master. Not a negative concept, a very positive concept. We went from one master who was tyrannical, who was insatious, who sucked us dry, the prince of the power of this world. And we went to a new master who gives us life and who gives us joy and who gives us peace. And real satisfaction. I want you to take a few moments now. And say thank you God. I want you to take a few moments now. And in your spirit. I want you to reassure your heart. Of some realities. That are true of you. 
Here they are. First, I want you to reassure your heart that God has not given you the just penalty for your sins. He's not done that. Secondly, I want you to reassure your heart that Jesus Christ has paid that penalty. Third, that you have been delivered from death and delivered to life. Fourth, that the Spirit within you is greater than He who is in the world. And fifth, because of the Spirit of God, you are no longer a slave of sin. Friends, I want you for the next few moments to commune with God and say thank you for making me alive. Thank you for taking me away from the tyranny of sin and death and giving me a joyful new master, a joyful new life. Would you take a moment and remind your spirit right now that you have new life, that you are no longer a slave of the old master. Take a moment and pray with the Lord. We thank you. We don't. We don't even always feel it, God. We. we it, it doesn't always. It's not always a reality to us. I know, for for many of us, Lord, it, it's it's not something that we grasp in full, but we see in your word that you have freed us, and we ask that you would show us that. Show us that freedom. I ask that your spirit within us would well up, would fill us, and remind us that we have been set free from sin and death, that we are no longer slaves of sin, that You are our new benevolent Master. God, help us to experience the new life that we have in Jesus Christ, that we have by faith in Him. I pray that You would well us up with gratefulness and thankfulness and that we would recognize just how much You have taken away our sin and taken away the penalty that comes with it. Far as the east is from the west, Lord, You have removed our sin and You've made us new creatures. And we thank You for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Paul continues in verse 12 and 13. Would you stand with me as we read this? Chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, Paul writes this. He says, therefore, look, in light of everything we've just said, in light of where you've come from, in light of who's delivered you, therefore, do not let sin reign in our mortal bodies, that we should obey it in its lusts. And do not present our members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present ourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and our members as instruments of righteousness to God. You may be seated. Don't let sin reign in you, friends. Don't let it happen. I know for some of you, you know, you, you read initially what, what Tom Wright had, had, had written there. You know, it often doesn't feel that, that we've been uh, made new in Christ. It often feels like we're still in Adam. I'm sure if I asked for a raise of hands, many of you would say, I feel more alive to sin than I do to God. I feel more stuck in sin than I feel joy in the Lord. Paul says, reorientate your mind, friends. 
Know where you've come from and know who's delivered you. Know it. Calculate it. Reckon it. Think it. And don't just think it intellectually. Believe it. Believe in your heart. I have been made new. I am new in Christ. Believe in your heart. The power of the Spirit within me is greater than he who is in the world. Believe it. And as you do, sin will not reign in you. It will not reign in your body. Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, when he would be tempted by sin, when when temptation would come his way and he would feel that pull and that drag away from the person of Christ, he would look up to God and he would shout, Baptizatus Zoom! I am baptized! I have identified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. Baptizatus Zoom. Vos es baptizatus. You are baptized. You have identified with Christ. You have believed in the very Son of God. And you have been given new life. And when you recognize, when you reckon who you have believed in. Sin will not reign in your mortal body anymore. I want you to take a few moments. I want you to consider the following things. I want you to consider the nature and the pattern of your sin. Where is it happening in your life? Where is your sin? Is it in your body? Is it in your mouth? Is it in your mind? Is it in your heart? Do you sin at home? Do you sin at work? Where is your sin? Secondly, I want you to repent of that sin and declare in your heart, I am no longer a slave of this. I am no longer a slave of this. And lastly, I want you to resolve in your heart. Resolve these two things. One, I will recreate my environments of sin into environments of righteousness. And secondly, I want you to resolve the things I once used for evil, I will now use for good. Take a few moments and speak to the Lord about these matters. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we sin in many places. We sin in our bodies, sin in our minds, and with our mouth, and with 
our heart. We gossip. We steal. We slander. We devise evil plans. We act with licentiousness. We look at things we should not. We say things we should not. God, help us to recreate domains of sin into domains of righteousness. Lord, help us to recreate in the places in our homes where there is sin. Help us to replace it with righteousness. In the places of our work where there is sin, help us to infuse those places with righteousness. Father, help us to renew and restore and bring refreshment to the dark places of our lives. May Your Spirit help us in that, God. We are not slaves of sin. You are our Master. And You provide us with all we need to recreate with righteousness. God, help us to bring holiness and righteousness and goodness into our lives, into our homes, into our minds, wherever we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we read the next section in Romans? Romans 6, 14-16 and verse 19. Together now, verse 14, Paul writes this, For sin shall not have dominion over us, for we are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do we not know that to whom we present ourselves slaves to obey, we are that one's slaves whom we obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? For just as we presented our members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present our members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. You may be seated. Everyone obeys someone. Everyone obeys someone. Either we're slaves of sin leading to death or you're a slave of of obedience leading to righteousness. In the death in view here, we should make note as we're reading through Romans, Paul's not simply speaking of eternal death here. He's speaking of an experience in this life where if you continue in sin, and if you are a slave of sin, you will experience death in all of its aspects. Emptiness. Apathy. Void. Now notice, notice verse 19 though, friends. He says something peculiar here. He says at the end, So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. But look back at verse 18 where he says, And having been set free from sin, we became slaves of righteousness. 
Isn't it peculiar that on the one hand, in verse 18, Paul tells you something that you are, something that's happened, something that that, that, that you are right now in Jesus Christ. He says, having been set free, verse 18, having been set free from sin, we became slaves of righteousness. You became that. You are that, whether you know it or not. It's a part of your being. You are a servant of the Master of Jesus Christ. But then in verse 19, at the end, he says, So now, present our members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. So, and then in verse 19, he says, So become that. So, so do that. In verse 18, he tells you who you are. You are a slave of righteousness now in Christ. But then in verse 19, he says, so go do it. Go become that. You already are. Now go become what you already are. I am already a father. I have two children. And they're beautiful children. And uh, I've been a father for three and a half years. It's, it's, it's It's a fact of my life. I am a father. Just like I'm a slave of righteousness, I am a father. And at the same time, I am becoming a father. I am growing in my ability to be a father. I am understanding more every single day. I'm learning better how to discipline our children. I'm learning better how to love our children. I'm learning better how to to be the best father that I can be. I am a father, but I am also becoming a father. And what Paul's saying to you here, he's saying, look, you are a servant of the Master. You already are. Sin has no power over you. You are a slave of righteousness and holiness. Now become that. Become who you are. Become who you are. I want you to take a few moments with the Lord. And I want you to do these things. I want you to thank Him for His grace and mercy to you in Jesus Christ. I want you to ask Him to help you not abuse that grace that He has extended to you. I want you to invite the Spirit to fill you up and direct your life. And lastly, I want you to consider that though sin has once controlled you, ask Him now to control your life and make you into who you are. And make you into a servant of righteousness. You are a slave of righteousness. Would you take a few moments and ask God to now help you to become who you already are in Jesus Christ. Take a few moments in prayer with the Lord. Heavenly Father, Let us not abuse Your grace by continuing in sin. You've already declared us righteous by our faith in Jesus Christ. You've already looked upon us and said, You are now a servant of righteousness. You have made us that, Lord. We are servants of of You and of Your goodness and of Your holiness. And now that we are that, God, 
Help us to become that. Help us to walk in newness of life. Help us to become what we already are in Jesus Christ. To become servants of righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand for the closing part of Romans 6? Paul writes this in Romans 6, verse 22, and then very loudly together, verse 23. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, we have our fruit to holiness and to the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You may be seated. Friends, here it is. This is the culmination, Paul says. Look what you have. You've been set free from sin. You may not think it. You may not know it in your heart. I'm telling you, Paul says. Read what I'm saying to you. You have been set free. And if you don't think it, or if you don't believe it, then you need to be asking God every day to remind you of the reality of who you are in Jesus Christ. You have been set free from sin. You are now a slave of God. You do have fruit to holiness and to the end, everlasting life. That is who you are at the core. At the core, you are not a sinner. At the core, you are not a servant of Satan. At the core, you are not a slave of sin. If you are a Christian, and if you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a new core. You are a new creature. You have a new reality, a new nature, and a new destiny. And while the wages of sin leads to death in all of its aspects, the gift of God in Jesus Christ is eternal life. Not just on the other side, by the way, but an experience of life, an experience of abundant life right here and right now. You are no longer a slave of sin. You are a righteous servant of God. Now act like it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for this time in Your Word. God, I confess and I think I speak for all of us, Lord, that the realities of which we read on the page are not always realities that we appropriate in our hearts. God, it does not always feel like we are new creatures. And oftentimes it feels like we are still in Adam. That we are still stuck and slaves of sin. God, rid that from our minds. Let us calculate differently. Let us reckon things differently. Let us reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us reckon it. Let us think it. Let us understand it. 
And let us appropriate it in our hearts. Let us believe it. Let us feel it. Let us live it. I pray for righteousness, God. Righteousness upon Coast Bible Church. I pray for holiness in my life and in the life of our people. And God, wherever we don't have that, wherever we are acting in contrast to who we are, convict us of our sin, Lord, and remind us of what You have put in our core. The the very Spirit of God who fills us up and causes us to become more like the person we will be for eternity. Jesus Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray these things. And all God's people said, Amen.